Hi, welcome to my latest video on questions about Anne Boleyn. And actually, I'm stretching it to questions about the Anne Boleyn family and actually sharing some facts instead of answering a question. A bit of a stretch. But I thought today I'd share with you 11 things that you might not know about George Boleyn, who was, of course, Anne Boleyn's brother. George Boleyn, Lord Rochford, is sadly often remembered just as Anne Boleyn's brother, the one that she was meant to have committed incest with. But George is a fascinating historical figure in his own right, so much so that with my dear friend Claire Cherry, I wrote a book on him. I personally find George Boleyn just as fascinating as Anne Boleyn. So, 11 things that you might not know about George. Number one, as well as being a courtier and diplomat, George was a respected court poet. Now, none of his poetry has actually survived. It's either been destroyed or attributed to other poets like Wyatt and Surrey. But chronicler Raphael Hollinshed stated that George wrote diverse songs and sonnets. Cardinal Wolsey's gentleman usher, George Cavendish, wrote in his verse on George, which was written in the first person as George, Dame Eloquence also taught me the art in metre and verse to make pleasant ditties. 16th century dramatist and historian John Bale wrote of George's Rhythmos Elegantissimos. And in 1575, Richard Smith listed George amongst such worthies as Chaucer, Surrey, Wyatt and Gascoigne. So he was a recognised, talented poet. And his sister Anne Boleyn actually also spoke of his talent when they were imprisoned in the Tower of London at their falls in May 1536. When Anne was told that the imprisoned men had to make their own beds, she suggested that they make their pallets as they made their ballads, but said that only George had the skill to do so and had to be reminded that Thomas Wyatt the Elder, who was a poet and who was imprisoned at the time, was also talented. In the 16th century, Sir John Harrington attributed the poem The Lover Complaineth the Unkindness of His Love to George Boleyn. So his contemporaries respected him as a poet. And the second thing you might not know is that George wasn't the only Boleyn boy. He had brothers named Thomas and Henry who died in childhood and who are buried at St John the Baptist Church, Penshurst, and St Peter's Church at Hever, respectively. Number three, it is a myth that George's marriage was unhappy. George married Jane Parker, daughter of Lord Morley, in around 1524, and there's absolutely no evidence that it was unhappy. While there are plenty of contemporary references to the unhappy state of marriages such as Thomas Howard, 3rd Duke of Norfolk and Elizabeth Stafford, or Thomas Wyatt and Elizabeth Brooke, there are no mentions of George and Jane being unhappy. We know from a note that George read out at his trial in 1536 that Anne Boleyn had confided in his wife Jane about the king's problems performing in the bedroom and that Jane then passed that news on to George. And that seems to me to be evidence of a closeness between the three of them. 
not distance or hatred. And while George was in the Tower of London, Jane sent him a message of comfort, saying that she'd petitioned the king on his behalf. And he sent her a message back of thanks. There is also absolutely no evidence that Jane was a witness against Anne or George or that she provided evidence against them. No witnesses were actually called at their trials. Then we have an inventory of Jane's possessions at her downfall in 1541, which show her clothes to be all black, all of them. Yet an inventory taken in 1536 shows her clothing to be of lots of colours. This may suggest that she was actually still in mourning for her husband. And George Cavendish describes Jane as a widow in black, full woe begone. And Jane, of course, didn't remarry. So it's just fiction that uh, George and Jane had this unhappy marriage or that Jane hated him and wanted her revenge. Number four, George was close to King Henry VIII. We know from the Privy Purse expenses that George regularly played the king at archery, bowls, primero and shovelboard, sometimes winning large sums. Five, George survived sweating sickness. In June 1528, when the King and Catherine of Aragon left London for Waltham Abbey to get away from sweating sickness that had broken out in London, George accompanied them as the King's cupbearer. And in a letter to his sweetheart, Anne Boleyn, King Henry VIII wrote of George coming down with the illness, but then having recovered, thankfully. Anne and her father, who'd gone to the Boleyn family home, Hever Castle, were also taken ill. But like George, they survived. George's brother-in-law, William Carey, husband of Mary Boleyn, wasn't so lucky. Number six, as well as going on embassy to France at quite an early age, in February 1531, George, who was about 26 years of age at the time, was sent to convocation to express the king's growing anti-papal sentiments and to persuade them of the case for royal supremacy. Convocation did not want to deal with this young and inexperienced envoy, but the king told them they had to. George was successful in his mission. Convocation agreed to recognise the king as supreme head of the church in England with the wording, as far as the law of Christ allows, added. Number seven. George commissioned two beautiful manuscripts for his sister Anne. They were both based on works by French reformer Jacques Lefebvre de Tacle, the Ecclesiast and Epistles and Gospels for the 52 weeks of the year. Anne owned other works by Lefebvre, so obviously enjoyed his work. And these manuscripts show the siblings shared evangelical faith, as even before Luther, Lefebvre put forward the idea of justification by faith alone and emphasised the authority of scripture above all else. The dedication that George added to one of the manuscripts is also evidence of Anne and George's close relationship. My co-author Claire Cherry described it as a dedication by a younger brother to his sister, which is not only caring and affectionate, but also written with a jovial cheekiness. 
In it, he talks of their friendly dealings, his love for her, her gentleness and meek fashion. She didn't really have meek fashion. His worry over presenting such a poor thing to her. And he describes himself as a well-willer who hopes that she will favour to weigh the weakness of my dull wit and patiently to pardon where any fault is. It's a kind of false modesty that Anne would have seen straight through and been amused by a little joke between the siblings. Number eight. George may have been partly responsible for the dissolution of the monasteries. George was recorded as encouraging Anne to give King Henry VIII Simon Fisher's religious pamphlet, A Supplication for the Beggars, which emphasised the abuses in the church and accused the church of holding half of England's wealth. Obviously, George would not have known how far the king would go to reform the church and to actually get his hands on the church's wealth. And when the dissolution started, Anne wanted the money taken to go towards education and charitable purposes, and I expect George felt the same. Number nine. When George was imprisoned in the Tower of London in May 1536, he was more worried about those left behind than his own fate. The constable of the Tower, Sir William Kingston, mentioned his worry over George's troubled mind in two letters to Thomas Cromwell, begging Cromwell to do something to help George. George was owed money by a monk and was beside himself over worry that after he was dead and gone, the king would pursue the debt and the monk might have no way of paying it. He was also worried about those to whom he owed money. At his trial, he mentioned his debts, begging that the king would make sure that they were paid out of his goods. Number 10. He veered from the usual execution protocol and used his execution speech to preach. Now, there was actually a set format for execution speeches, which is why they're all so similar. You were supposed to recognise your judgment by the law, accept that you deserve death as a sinner because of original sin. You were expected to praise the monarch and to encourage the spectators there to pray for the monarch too, and then commend your soul to God. However, as the late historian Eric Ice points out, George used this last opportunity to speak, to preach to the crowd, to speak the language of Zion. He spoke of being a setter forth of the word of God. And Welshman Ellis Griffith's account of his speech has him saying, I took upon myself great labour to urge the king to permit the printing of the scriptures to go unimpeded among the commons of the realm in their own language. He went on to urge those watching to take note of him, of what had happened to him, to trust not in the vanity of the world and especially in the flattering of the court, telling them to stick to the truth and follow it and saying, if I had followed God's word indeed as I did read it and set it forth to my power, I had not come to this. I did read the gospel of Christ, but I did not follow it. If I had... I had been a living man among you. It was an incredibly moving and powerful speech. And finally, number 11. George Boleyn is buried near his sister Anne Boleyn and his wife Jane Boleyn, Lady Rochford, and his cousin Catherine Howard, 
in the chapel of St. Peter ad vincula at the Tower of London. Now I'm going to give you a link to some more videos on George Boleyn. Uh, you'll be able to find those links in the description. And it would also be lovely if you got yourself a copy of this book. George Boleyn, Tudor poet, courtier and diplomat by me and Claire Cherry. Um, it was a great project to work on. And as I said, I found George just as fascinating as his sister Anne, a really, really amazing Tudor chap. I will see you soon. You can subscribe to this channel by clicking around about there. You can hit the bell to be notified as my videos go live. You can give me a like and you can leave me a comment. I'd love to know how many of these facts that you actually knew already and which ones were new to you as well. Take care. Bye-bye.